chapters three and four of the measure of a man a tale of the big woods by norman duncan this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter three the man from bottle river in consequence of all this the tote wagon bearing the mortal remains of grey billy batch covered from the blithesome new day with a grey blanket had gravely emerged from the forest in the early hours of the morning the reins in the knowing hands of plain tom hitch it was presently drawn up at the red elephant pale peter's place and there expeditiously but still gravely abandoned no unseemly wrangle not so much as an officious whisper disturbed the propriety of the arrival and the sunlit quiet of the time whatever uncertainty whatever difference of opinion may have existed in respect to the ceremonial progress of the extraordinary affair in hand there was no doubt about what was immediately desirable and proper in the circumstances the movement of plain tom hitch and gingerbread jenkins and of the prospective mourners who had sat with the corpse or straggled behind all the way from bottle river was silent simultaneous and in the same direction they tiptoed into pale peter's bar the swing shutters closed behind them with a subdued and melancholy creaking and the high street of swamp's end was once more deserted except for the tote wagon and its indifferent occupant what'll it be plain tom hitch and gingerbread jenkins whispered simultaneously a little liquor the sigh ran down the solemn line a little liquor the same a little gin for me grey billy batch under the grey blanket outside was left to his own devices but he was not chagrined you may be sure by this exclusion from the amenities of swamp's end nor was his presence beyond the threshold of pale peter's bar forgotten plain tom hitch halted his first glass midway and nothing but the gravest concern could have moved tom hitch to such amazing restraint plain tom hitch halted his first aromatic glass midway to inquire concerning the disposition and entertainment of the only surviving relation of the grey blanket but having been assured by gingerbread jenkins who had assumed charge of the melancholy affair that in the event of her failure to appear unaided she would be sought by a deputation and escorted with every courtesy to the tail of the tote wagon he paused no longer but swallowed his liquor with funereal satisfaction just as you say gingerbread he asserted dubiously it's your funeral you get it up ah eh? gingerbread inquired sensing doubt i what you got it up tom hitch replied but i wish i knowed he added solemnly where you was going to put your cant hooks in them scriptures what scriptures holy scriptures said plain tom hitch gingerbread jenkins created a diversion by inquiring in a general way well you have boys the response was unanimous a little o the same charlie i don't want to make no trouble nor i don't want to do no button in tom hitch went on at the conclusion of this grave ceremony but i'm told that they're usually used what's used holy scriptures said plain tom hitch you just leave all that to me tom hitch gingerbread jenkins replied with a display of resentment to conceal a second shock of uneasiness if we got to have the holy scriptures for this here funereal we'll have em and that's all there is to it 
just as you say gingerbread tom hitch assented with a doubtful wag but don't you go and forget that you got this thing up yourself i ain't hedgin on it tom gingerbread protested i did get it up got a parson well no tom gingerbread admitted not yet i ain't picked no parson yet got a hearse not yet said gingerbread jenkins but i'm allowin to have a hearse got a coffin gingerbread shook his head got a grave i ain't attended to all them things gingerbread jenkins exploded goaded to impatience i ain't got my grave dug give me time can't you i just stopped in here for a little liquor just as you say gingerbread said tom hitch placidly you got it up it's your funeral there was a vast uncertainty in respect to everything connected with the large looming event not only in the flustered mind of poor gingerbread jenkins who was presently appalled by the magnitude his simple project had begun to assume but in the expectation of the men whom the cant hook and bottle river tote roads poured into the clearing and whom the drowsy street of swamp's end immediately and without quite waking up delivered to the thirty-two saloons word had gone abroad in the woods word of an occasion of some mysterious demand for a celebration the men of the cant hook and bottle river and a smattering of lusty fellows of the yellow-tail had drawn their wages and come precipitately to town there was the vaguest information abroad however concerning the occasion and when in the thirty-two saloons it was made known that honour was to be done the grey blanket in the bottle river tote wagon in ease of patty batch's grief the project was riotously approved and so thoroughly initiated that even the thirty-two proprietors found nothing to complain of the clink of glasses and the silvery rattle of coin answered well enough for the requiem bell well enough at any rate to content grey billy batch lying quietly under the grey blanket in the tote wagon but who's got it up when he's going to pull it off how's he going to pull it off how was it to be pulled off that indeed was the problem with which swamp's end in view of its limitations must instantly grapple the issue of that gigantic struggle being in gravest doubt swamp's end you see had never had a parson had never known a parson and wouldn't have recognized one you may be sure had the clouds opened and providentially dropped a parson excellently competent in respect to public occasions of this sort swamp's end was completely benighted swamp's end had hitherto had no call for the ministrations of a parson nor had swamp's end a coffin to mitigate its indecency nor a shroud nor a hearse the obsequies which it had hitherto fallen to the lot of swamp's end to celebrate had been for the most part performed in the woods without ostentation green boughs for coffin the darkness of the grave shroud enough the wind in the pines a choir unequalled the solemnity of the great woods a sufficient sermon swamp's end indeed had no graveyard nothing but an avoided slope near by a shuttered house on the edge of town where three nameless women were buried these sunken mounds with one small cherished grave asserting jealous ownership of the green and flowery spot and no grave dug tom hitch marvelled at pale peter's bar not yet said gingerbread jenkins i ain't had no time to dig no grave 
have you chose a cemetery you let me alone can't you gingerbread jenkins complained i'll get my cemetery all right just as you say gingerbread gingerbread growled you started this here little thing tom hitch went on as he crooked his finger for charlie the infidel but i want to warn you that there's a hundred men and eighteen hundred dollars a-comin to this here funeral and there didn't ought to be no hitch to disappoint the boys with the timely assistant of charlie the infidel they sought new light upon the situation but found unhappily only a deeper bewilderment and as for john fairmeadow while the cloud of concern thickened about gingerbread jenkins head why john fairmeadow on the trail from elegant corners was drawing nearer the clearing of swamp's end and would presently emerge from the woods chapter four a pastoral call patty batch came to the funeral unattended in fact she was early a childlike little heart she was indeed a tender little flower of the woods forever blithesome in the sun and breezes of the world until rattle-water had intervened and she was now all in a confusion of bitterest grief and dread and fluttering expectation except for the tote-wagon and the stolid horses the street was empty there was nobody to observe her shy arrival nobody to be moved by the mourning garment she had accomplished from her dead mother's threadbare black gown and now wore with a modestly appealing little strut it was a grotesque fashion no doubt she resembled perhaps nothing so nearly as a child masquerading in grown-up array but she was all innocent of the modes the limp black skirt trailed the ground for the first time in her experience and she was conscious of having emerged into the world upon her own resources wherein she must bear herself with courage and resolution playing the part of a little man in every future i got to be a little man patty batch was instantly aware of course of the significance of the tote wagon and the gray blanket hello pop she whispered gray billy batch was indifferent to the greeting hello pop patty wept in an overwhelming agony of grief as she laid a cluster of wild flowers on the blanket and she wept too as she straightened the disordered folds to ease the rest of the form beneath as she had done many a time in other circumstances when billy batch had come home from town hello pop no answer pop oh pop patty wept again and snuffling still and with a sob and a catch of the breath she rearranged the flowers having conceived a more lovely effect and once more smoothed the blanket for which she had no thanks at all whereupon she moved away there was a great stir and talk in the bar-rooms near by it indicated a long waiting she dried her eyes with the sleeve of the black gown and sighed a great deal and blew her little red nose and choked back her sobs and having long ago learned the part a woman must play at such convivial times she sat down on the edge of the plank sidewalk in front of pale peter's place her little feet swinging and began patiently to await the convenience of the men within i got to be a little man by ginger thought she she would if she could 
when big bellicose john fairmeadow in a lather of exertion came striding down the peaceful street bound for the big rapids trail she still sat in a mist of grief swinging her little feet from pale peter's sidewalk a quaint appealing shy little figure indeed she was with downcast gray eyes but rosy-cheeked withal and dimpled too notwithstanding the gray blanket and infinitely wistful in the summer sunshine she was in sorrow of course not the most persistent of dimples not gray-eyed twinkles of the most stout-hearted description could conceal her woe nor mitigate her appearance of desolation but she did smile once in a while looking up from her little toes she smiled having with all her might summoned the courage with which to give to her woeful features the twist of a grimace she was in the way you see of patching up her broken heart after the admonition of grey billy batch to be a little man and she was in the thick of a desperate effort and was determined to achieve her purpose and had almost managed the last contortion of a courageous little grin when john fairmeadow striding down came abreast of the abandoned tote wagon and caught sight of the queer little figure in black on the sidewalk beyond it was impossible to proceed john fairmeadow involuntarily paused to stare and his stare instantly exposed him to a gray-eyed flash which immensely amused him it was so frank so wistful so sad so curious so appealing and so glorious how'd you do said john fairmeadow a gracious inclination failed to encourage him and he passed on but with twinkling backward glances towards the mouth of the big rapids trail wherein in a moment after a rough stride or two he would have vanished in the silence and shadow of the forest forever lost to swamp's end had not the providential dog-fight summoned him back it was the dog-fight too that intruded upon patty patch's grieving vigil beside the tote wagon and the gray blanket it came in a growling roaring blaspheming rush from pale peter's bar the blessed calm of day fled in shocked alarm before it it startled the stolid black horses it shook the tote wagon's unheeding passenger it flooded the sidewalk and overflowed on the dusty street it drew a hurrying swearing howling contribution of sportive spectators from each of the thirty-two saloons to complete a brawling circle it distracted the citizens of swamp's end and the visitors from the woods from their accustomed employments at the swamp's end bars and eventually it introduced john fairmeadow and providence to the excited community a worthy dog-fight pale peter's bulldog was concerned being the aggrieved party to the dispute and the other dog the aggressor was billy the beast from the cant-hook cutting a surly lumberjack who being at the same time drunk savage and hungry had seized upon the bulldog's bone in expectation of gnawing it himself it was a fight to be remembered too the growls of man and beast the dusty yelping scramble in the street the howls of the spectators the blood and snapping and the indecent issue wherein billy the beast from the cant-hook cutting sent the bulldog yelping to cover with a broken rib and himself staggering out of sight with lacerated hands gnawed at the bone as he went 
when the joyous excitement had somewhat subsided john fairmeadow now returned from the big rapids trail laid off his pack boys said he i'm looking for the worst town this side of hell have i got there you're what gingerbread jenkins ejaculated i'm looking john fairmeadow drawled for the worst town this side of hell is this it swamp's end my friend said gingerbread jenkins gravely is your station the crowd gave assent quite sure john fairmeadow pleasantly inquired my friend gingerbread jenkins replied i could prove at least that much in favor of this here town john fairmeadow nodded approvingly when i come to think calmly about it gingerbread jenkins went on i don't know but that this town beats hell there's many a man has moved from here to hell with the idea of improving his situation again john fairmeadow nodded and a damn sight more young women gingerbread jenkins continued has packed up in a hurry let me tell you and done the same thing oh that's all right boys said john fairmeadow heartily i like the town it was gingerbread's turn to nod i like it fairmeadow repeated grimly it's just the kind of town i'm looking for and i'm glad i found it it's fine boys i'm delighted it seems to me he went on that a man in my line might thrive in a live little burg like this if you've no objection boys i'll settle there was a pause friend gingerbread jenkins observed inimically i don't quite place you fairmeadow smiled broadly this is my first visit to swamp's end sir said he bowing politely gingerbread scratched his head i hope fairmeadow proceeded glancing about the scowling circle his eyes alight with amusement some day to be better acquainted with all you gentlemen i can't place you gingerbread jenkins complained advancing my name's fairmeadow yes gingerbread drawled but i can't just make out what you're for fairmeadow settled himself solidly you see friend gingerbread jenkins patiently elucidated it ain't quite plain what use you could be put to you look like a honest and a self-respecting lady-fingered bartender he added gently but you might be a horse-thief fairmeadow bridled a little i chance to be neither said he no neither what is your line of business mine fairmeadow replied with a broad grin boys i'm what you might call a parson ah uh, what parson by jove gingerbread jenkins implored weakly do you want a job fairmeadow perceived but could not account for a sudden stir and silence he was not however permitted to answer the question plain tom hitch jerked gingerbread jenkins away from further blundering well of course with this disclosure the affair had instantly taken a new aspect the crowd withdrew a space leaving john fairmeadow alone with the little figure in the quaint black dress by whom however he was not addressed there was a great buzz of accusation argument and persuasion from the frowsy crew near by and john fairmeadow there being nothing else to do awaited the issue of this mystified but patient enough what was said to gingerbread jenkins at that crisis heaven knows that he was accused of having made it impossible for any individual of pious inclination to accept employment in that neighborhood may go without saying 
a lady-fingered bartender a horse-thief hard enough too on poor gingerbread jenkins himself desperate for a parson presently however the circle formed again about john fairmeadow and gingerbread jenkins advanced again now much crestfallen i guess i made a mistake parson and i apologize said he are you looking for a job that's just what i am said fairmeadow as a parson that's right boys would you mind gingerbread pursued apologetically if i was to ask you how you was on funereals the crowd attended i bury fairmeadow replied smiling all unaware of the proximity of the gray blanket with neatness and dispatch do it make any difference to you gingerbread anxiously inquired which landin' a man makes once the man is dead yes gingerbread drawled once the man's quite dead not in the least and you're looking for a job in this section i am no objection to lumberjacks i confess fairmeadow answered grimly to a slight attraction got the holy scriptures on you i have handy fairmeadow produced them with satisfaction boys said gingerbread promptly hold up your right hands aloft went every hand now parson gingerbread went on turning full upon fairmeadow and gravely too the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth the rest it seemed had been forgotten anyhow gingerbread burst out so help me god you're elected fairmeadow asked no question whatsoever the sincerity of his call indeed was beyond question it amazed him he could not at all account for it he felt the need of him however and he promptly took hold on the strange advantage the situation passed into his control in a way to make the hearts of these simple men jump he stepped quickly to the centre of the circle a clean stalwart young fellow a man in bearing of the great proud and powerful world and lifted his hand there was instant silence boys said fairmeadow looking slowly round about upon the circle of grave and gaping faces i thank you for the call it is gratefully accepted in so far as god gives me strength and wisdom in so far as he helps me to keep my heart pure my purpose uplifted my love undivided i will serve both you and him in these his woods so help me almighty god amen this was the call and installation of the reverend john fairmeadow End of chapter four